Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. This is Leslie Powell with the Yale World Fellows Program. I'm delighted to be here with Dr. Tembi Ulu, a 2010 Yale World Fellow from South Africa. Tembi is the clinical director for one of the largest HIV-AIDS treatment NGOs in South Africa. It's called Right to Care, and it partners with the government, the private sector, and other NGOs to improve access to safe, effective, and affordable treatment for people living with HIV-AIDS. You currently have about 170 service sites throughout the country and are actively treating some 105,000 patients. It's great to have you here, Tembi. Thank you. Give us a snapshot of the HIV-AIDS problem in South Africa. We know it's an incredibly huge problem. And here are some statistics I found. Tell me if these sound about right. Mm -hmm. Between 5 and 6 million people live with HIV-AIDS in South Africa. And that's out of a total population of just under 50 million. Mm -hmm. So more than 10% of the population is infected. Mm -hmm. And in some age brackets, the percentage is much, much higher. Mm -hmm. For instance, almost a third of all women in their 20s have HIV. Mm -hmm. You work right in the middle of all of this. How bad is it really? The, the statistics that you have given are a, a very true reflection. Um, a lot of it is from um, inferences or, or deductions that are made from antenatal surveys, which means the country uh, takes uh, bloods from all pregnant women in all public services, and we then get an idea of what the prevalence is, but there is a prevalence of, of women that are pregnant that are obviously high risk. But at present, we have an epidemic that's sitting at about 15 to 18%. So the 10% that you mentioned for the adult population is, is, is quite modest. Um, the 49 million is also correct. Um, and the, a lot of the time was lost in the country when we had the whole HIV and AIDS denialism. Between um, 1992 to 2004 was a time period when there was no action and there was no policy uh, for HIV and AIDS at a country level. We lost about 330,000 lives, according to a Harvard review that was done. Uh, but we are at a point now where the government has taken a stand and HIV is a serious health priority and we are now uh, in the right direction as a country. So you're seeing hopeful signs? Definitely, definitely hopeful. Hopeful uh, in terms of the treatment protocols that we are implementing very much in line with the WHO. Hopeful in terms of the stigma that's breaking down because the more you bring services to the people, they can see that treatment works and they come forward for testing. Unlike when there's no treatment available, people don't want to be tested because they ask, what is the point? So we are, we are definitely seeing a lot of positives. The, we are not yet, yet there, though. The burden is huge. And there are so many South Africans that still need to know their status and get onto treatment that uh, we have just started making a dent. And so how long have you actually been working in this field? I've been in this field since 2003. And then I, I, got, I got involved uh, in a, a, an HIV research project that was funded by the NIH. And I was essentially testing out new TB drugs in an HIV-infected population in a township called Soweto in Johannesburg. And uh, from there, I did a master's in public health and then got into my current job where I'm still addressing HIV, but not on a one-on-one -on -one level, uh, mm -hmm. but on a national law policy level. And so between 2003 and today, so seven years later, uh, you're noticing sort of attitudinal changes in the country toward HIV? Not really, Leslie, because um, as much as we've, um, as a government tried to increase awareness, the the 
the awareness of HIV in general is very high. But what I still see as lacking is specific patient activism. So a, a, a woman, for instance, would know that she needs to know her status. HIV is a problem in South Africa. You need to use a condom. But once she falls pregnant and tests HIV positive at a clinic, if the nurse that sees her is too burnt out or too busy to offer her antiretrovirals, the, the patient does not demand ARVs from the nurse. So there's no patient-level activism. Patients are aware that HIV is a problem, but they, they don't demand access to treatment. So uh, we, we are working now on just not the NGO activism, but patient-level activism. Is that a question of pure and simple education? It's a, a, it's a question of targeted education, mm-hmm. uh, because as you mentioned earlier on, the, the groups that are most at risk, which we have now clearly defined by understanding the epidemic, is young women. You know, so the education and awareness campaigns that we do have to be very targeted because we've been doing very general population, a bit of billboards here and there. So it hasn't been as effective. And now it's about targeting specific populations that are most at risk. I see. Uh, let's talk about the government's strategies for a moment. There was, after all, the infamous comment, which I, I have to I have to repeat, by President Jacob Zuma, who claimed that taking a shower after sex was a good way to avoid becoming infected with HIV. Does a remark like this say anything about what the government is or isn't doing about the HIV-AIDS epidemic, or is there an actual strategy in place? There, there is definitely a, a strategy in place. As a country, uh, the, I think the United Nations mentions the, the so-called uh, three ones principle for a country to manage HIV and AIDS. So it's one uh, coordinating body, one monitoring and evaluation plan, and um, the third one, I, I, I cannot remember now, but as a country, we have a, a controlling body, which is the South African National AIDS Council. We have a national AIDS plan, so that's the, the third one, one strategic plan. And what we don't have is the monitoring and evaluation unit, which is stuff that we, we are currently working on. Uh, Jacob Zuma came into power, and under him, um, the government has launched, for instance, this new testing campaign where we want to test millions of South Africans. Under him, new guidelines have been implemented. Under him, the HIV budget has been increased. So has he come around? He has. He has. Um, the, 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 as a leader, he has been effective. He has had a public HIV test and has disclosed his status um, in order to help to break the stigma. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the circumstances surrounding his, his trial and taking the shower were comments that he made in, in court, and he apologized for those because those were, were severely damaging. But as a leader, he has really come in and taken HIV to, 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 to highest levels in terms of government priority, and we, we are seeing positive change under his leadership. So the testing campaign that the government launched mm-hmm. earlier this year, I believe, yes. Uh, is it successful so far? What, what is your view of it? I, I haven't been following up uh, lately, but uh, when I left, uh, okay, the aim was to test about 15 million South Africans from the 1st of April 2010 uh, to the end of June 2011. When um, I left, we were running below target, but the aim was uh, basically to strengthen and to get NGOs and to get the private sector involved. And even though I don't have the latest data, I know there has been a lot of mobilization by um, business, for instance, like the South African Business Coalition on HIV and AIDS, to get the private sector more involved because government on its own cannot cope you know, and, and not, not reach these targets. So I'm sure that we, we, there will be success eventually. Uh, you touched on this a little bit already, but uh, I've heard you speak at more length about some of the powerful cultural obstacles 
that contribute to the problem, namely that women can't often really protect themselves from infection due to various shades of male dominance, I guess we could say. How does this affect your work? And is there something that you can do as somebody who's really working on the front lines to mitigate this problem? It's, it's, it's a question of, 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 um, of, of targeted interventions, as, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. And for me, uh, where the issues concern women, it's about targeting men. Targeting men and teaching them to treat women as their equals. Targeting men and bringing them into the health system and getting them to understand, um, you know, to get to, to know their HIV status, but also giving them the full psychosocial counseling to deal with their HIV status. Because the sad part is women are the ones that come into the clinics. They know their status, but they fear disclosure because they then face uh, physical and, and, and emotional abuse from their partners. So if, and the men just don't come to the clinics. They're not there. You know, and yet women are financially and dependent on men and dependent on men for shelter and for support. And a lot of the problems that I face is uh, not being able to help the women to decide whether to disclose or, or not. So uh, for, for us, you know, we have started a lot of male-dominated support groups where it's men having other discussions with men, but also just encouraging women to bring their partners into the clinic and then disclosing under the, 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 the support or the protection of a, of a medical or a, a medical person or, or, or a, a psychologist type. Um, we've done lots of, of campaigns uh, targeting men. One we did last year was um, A Man Knows, where you, encourage, where you encourage men to test. And part of the message that you give them in the pre-test counseling is that a real man knows what his HIV status. A real man knows that he shouldn't abuse his partner. A real man knows that he should care for the people that are around him. A real man knows that if he's HIV positive, he shouldn't infect other people. So, you know, opportunistic targeting where you are able to get men together. And... Is that kind of approach working? It's, um, as I mentioned before, we were very general, and it's only now that we are starting targeted interventions, and I'm sure in good time we will see lots mm. of change. But with leadership uh, taking more responsibility, the, the week that we did the, the Men Knows campaign, we had lots of male parliamentarians undergoing testing, and the uptake within the male community in South Africa was very high. Mm-hmm. So we are seeing positive effects when, when, when people are leading by, by example. So I'm sure that it's going to have a positive effect. Uh, A more personal question. What's next for you? Are you going to continue working at the clinical level or perhaps move more into policymaking and politics? For now, I plan to go back into my current um, portfolio as the clinical director of Right to Care, but not necessarily in doing the same things that I was doing. I've been thinking about um, starting a center for outcomes, research, and evaluation within my organization. Uh, because with the scale of the HIV problem, a lot of what we've done is just push the numbers, get as many people on treatment, get as many people tested, but we haven't necessarily looked at the quality of life and the health outcomes of these people. So that is what I want to focus on establishing. What I'm not um, against at this moment uh, is considering a position within the government. So I'm thinking about that and could consider that because I think after seven years of being with this particular NGO and managing HIV in my little corner, I think I've done quite well and I'm ready to take that to to a country level. Good luck. Mm. Thank you, Leslie. Thank you, Jambi. Thank you.